Hi, I'm Dan Young, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Welcome, everybody, to our special Christmas episode. Oh, no, sorry, it's April. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. The boys are back in town. East Fife are back to winning ways. After what can only really be called a, a frustrating week. It's kind of a, a week of what-ifs. We finished the week in the top five, in fifth, in Scottish League One. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Could easily have been second, pushing for, for the title challenge. But we'll go through all of that in the, the next hour or so. We, we've got a lot to cover. But before we get any further, I just want to share something that was sent to me. By one of Doug's dearest friends, Jonathan T.A. He said he was going to send me something in the mail, and I really thought it was going to be a Wraith Rovers face mask. Anthrax? It wasn't that either. <laughs> it was actually very nice, and like as Doug knows Jonathan, him doing something nice, it, it, this shocked me when I got this in the mail yesterday. It's the Scotland World Cup sticker album, and he sent me a ton of stickers with it as well. So I'm going to open a pack on the show... Because this is the exciting stuff we've been doing on my show over here. If you listen to our latest show, the first 10 minutes of our current show is us opening stickers. I know what my audience wants on a podcast. To lose their virginity? <laughs> no, we have a very old audience. We don't hit the young millennials. Never going to happen. Okay, so we've got a bunch of guys. We've got half a guy. <laughs> we don't have Johnny Russell yet. I'm very disappointed. We've got another guy. We've got a shiny guy. And we've got some unhappy guys. There we go. To be fair, your shiny guy is the captain of Scotland. That's a that's a great first packet to have. Oh. That's it. I haven't opened the actual album yet, so that's oh, so the hmm. Did any of you guys get that collection? Yes. I also uh, Oh, I said it to your old man. John, Jonathan uh, actually got me the Panini, the, the proper one, and it, there's like 680 stickers to collect. So the question would be, who's paying for that? That's mental. Well, I'm assuming Jonathan is buying you a pack, a couple of packs a week, just to... I mean, I mean, I think if if he's given you grooming. a gift, he can't give you a part gift. No, true. I think that would be classed as grooming, though. 
Ah, okay. Maybe. But to be fair, just that um, we probably should cut this entirely out of the show, but there's a guy on TikTok called Luke Solves Collectibles and he buys all the stickers in bulk and then he keeps like one of every kind or a handful of every kind. So if there's any he's not got, you could buy the sticker directly from him. Yeah, the what's, last... uh, what's fantastic for me is um, our band name is Got Got Need, which is, you know, um, and every advert on like talk sport and stuff that it's but need a sticker album. Got got need them. This is great free uh, publicity. You should probably put that up the Google high the, the Google searches like pay for the boost of that because you could get some traffic your way. But I just can't <laughs> wait till my daughter's old enough that I could actually just force this on her like anything was a, a like a major competition. Be like you need to get this and you will like it. Yeah, I I'm th- I only do the World Cup ones and I've got them going back to eighty two. So I might do the Euro one, I haven't, haven't decided yet. But if I've got any doubles, I'll send them over to Doug and you can get down the schools and try and, and swap them for me. I mean, I'll be there most days. Uh, uh, sorry. Yep, that'd be good. Awesome. Right, let's get into this show before we get any yep. knocks on the Five door. Five minutes in before there's uh, been a pedophilic remark made, so that's uh, probably an improvement on most weeks. At least it's not a death threat this week. So. Oh, maybe I'll dig out Pete Townsend's song again later on in the show for, for Wavelength. We'll, we'll see how we do. So, I mean, that was only half the time of it took us to, to do it on our show over here. So, I, I know what the listeners want. Really, I don't want to talk about some of the, the football that's happened this week. I haven't seen all of it. Um, so, that's why I'm hosting again this week, because I'll get you guys to talk about some of the games. Partick Thistle game, I did watch it all. But, very annoyingly for me, because I was excited for the season and I decided to keep offline... Didn't I, I shut down our WhatsApp group? I didn't check any of that. Didn't know the score, and I was wanting to watch it that night because I was working, couldn't watch it live. Wasn't on the East Fife site by the time I went to bed. Got up early. Wasn't on then. No highlights either. I had to wait over twenty four hours to watch the replay of the game. And at half time, I was like, "Oh, I'm glad I did that. I would have spoiled all the fun." By the end of it, I was shouting at my TV. Then I put the news on that was full of bad COVID stuff and I was a miserable bastard for the whole night, even more than usual. So let's get into that. Just general thoughts, first of all, on the capitulation against Partick Thistle. Lee. You want to know what? I tried to summarise it as best as I could to, to one of my friends and it was kind of like walking into a nightclub. The first bird you speak to, you make headway. There's a bit of touchy feeling this going on the dance floor, you know, she's giving you a hand job or through your jeans and everything's going good. And then you get home to realise she's got a massive penis. Um, you know, it started off with so much promise and ended absolutely miserably. It just felt like a complete gut punch. That's a very um, detailed sort of analogy there, Lee. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the first time. It's, it's not the first time. But, you know, it was all joking aside, I watched it and I came upstairs because it was obviously like nine o'clock or half nine or so. Wife was watching whatever garbage she was watching on the TV and I was just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> it, fe- it felt like a, a total defeat. Yeah. And, you know, for, for 60 minutes of that game, we absolutely dominated it. And then the the, the backside of us just fell completely out. Um, and look at I get that the players have played a lot of football. I really, really do. Um, I really, really do. Um, but the, the game management, it, I feel that we brought off Wallace, Swanson and Smith 
Now, don't get me wrong, they all looked jiggered by the time they came off. But the subs that we made, I felt were the wrong ones. And when they brought on Cardell, he just absolutely hammered Pat. He, he destroyed him. And I'm watching that, I'm like, get Fenton, oh Jesus Christ, on. Um, and double up on Cardell. Whereas I think that we brought on Liam Watt to double up on Cardell with Slattery. And it just wasn't enough. And, you know, the, both of the goals, again, came from that side, if I'm right. Um, Gordon's not in, and I think Mike is too. So I think both goals came from that, from crosses that probably could have been closed down if we had a, you know, a young boy like Fenton on, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, to, to really stop that that ball coming in. And, you know, we were under a lot of pressure by the end of the game. Um a draw by the end of it almost kind of felt like a fair result for the amount of pressure they put on. They missed an absolute barrel load of chances. I mean, there was one in the first half that, you know, the, the guy almost hit leaving pool with and he was about two yards out. So I'm looking at it as objectively as I can, a draw was a fair result, but it really, really hurt. Yeah, like, Gordon, I've calmed down a bit after watching that on Wednesday, just a little bit. And, like, being objective, this all had their chances. They squandered three or four amazing opportunities to, to score. We had a couple ourselves. Ryan Wallace blasting over when he could have put it to, to three, and that would maybe have been the, the game done and dusted. Going into it, I would have taken a draw. Coming out of it, it feels like a defeat. But that first half of football, I think, was the best performance that, that we've put in all season. Yeah, that's probably fair. We were really, really excellent first half. Then Thistle did have chances. I watched the highlights back again today, and, and they had a header in the first half. The guy seemed to sort of dive, head it into the ground, and then over the bar on an open goal. So it, it was a funny game, um, I think. I kind of, I think Lee summed it up pretty well there. Like it felt over the 90, 95, a draw probably was fair. Like even if you look in that first half, they had chances. Um, I think we were the better team, but, you know, could easily, you know, it, it could have been a ridiculous score because I think, you know, Danny Denham, there was a cutback from Wallace and Denham, it just meant we went a little bit behind them, but it was an open goal again. Um, and we, we did play really well first half, some really good attacking football. But we could have been 4 or 5 1 up, even 4 yeah. 5 2. It's like, because it's like they did have a couple of chances as well, but we were in control. Yeah, I mean, we really we, we could have been 3 up. Um, and it was, you know, I think from half time where you're like, oh, we've won this, you know, we just need to see this out. Um, you know, to lose, to lose that equalising was, equalizer was really gutting. But I think, you know, looking back on it, you're like, well, over the game, they probably did deserve it. I mean, it was it was sort of depressingly predictable. You know, when they brought Cardle on, I think everybody remembers how he kind of ripped Pat apart <laughs> over there. And yeah. yeah, it happened again. I mean, I even I was, I just thought like, we could just sub Pat off, just put somebody on with, with fresh legs because he's up against Cardle fresh as well. Cardo only came on after what 60 70 minutes. Um, even after that first goal, I would have done it. Um, but it just it, it kind of 
it was a wee bit predictable that we were going to lose that equaliser. I felt we were going to. I mean, Doug, you're always saying to us, two goals is the most dangerous lead in football and coming out with all your cliches. But, I mean, what, how did you come away from that game feeling? Did you feel it was like a defeat? Did you smash a hole in your wall? Uh, no, no holes were smashed, which is nice. Um, I your girlfriend I... was pleased about that. <laughs> I thought that was coming. Um, That's what she said. (laughs) We're walking into all of them. Right, okay. Um, I would say, in terms of an advert for League One football, I know that's Mm. also it was it was a brilliant game. I mean, that was as good as it gets in terms of we could have scored that if it finished five all, you couldn't have really complained. I think a draw was. Absolutely right in the end. I mean, we, yeah, we could have been three or four and up. It was almost like they said, right, we need to go for this first half because I reckon with five minutes to go, the first half, like Smith was absolutely done in. Wallace was done in. They were knackered. So I think that was always going to happen. With the Slattery, who actually had a very good game up till Cardo came on. Very good to game. Fair, to be fair, the first cross. He's within a yard of him, and Cardo's managed to clip it in. So, yeah, obviously you'd say he should, he should block it, but that, I mean that could be a matter of inches. That he's, I think the slight problem was we only had one sub left, and by all accounts he was going to bring Fenton on for Jesus Christ on for uh, Slattery, but uh, Watson took cramp, so they waited five minutes, and then Watson had to come off. So Dunlop ah. came on. I think, by all accounts, he was going to bring uh, Fenton on. Um, what's Fenton's actual name? Miller Fenton. Miller Fenton. Oh, I was going to yeah. say Milton, so I don't yeah. even know myself. <laughs> Milton um, So I, I would say, I mean, I, when I finished my writing on my notepad, I circled the word gutted, and I think that kind of summed up. But, you know, it was um, it was just a brilliant game. They, I mean, they missed so many sitters, it was actually almost borderline ridiculous. The yeah. guy Rudden that scored the equaliser, he missed two. That, like like Lee was saying, the one in the second half even was probably worse. It was almost unmissable. But now, Before I, we I forget think it this, was a, what a good game Brett Long had. Oh, yeah, yeah. actually. Let's not forget that. because kind of glazed over that. And yeah. Thanks for mentioning the word notepad there because I had it written down on mine. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. He made at least three top drawer slash world-class saves to keep that score completely respectable. And, you know, if, if you're a young goalkeeper and you want to, to see a goalkeeping display, then, you know, that's the, the game to watch because he didn't put a foot wrong. And if there was a single player or person in the squad that I feel sorry for that didn't get the three points is him because... And also, he was absolutely cheated out of the, the man in the match um, nominations as well because he didn't even get put into that. Um, Did he so, not? Nope. It was um, Smith, Wallace, Swanson and McKinnon, if I remember right. It, it wasn't even an option. And I would have voted for him four times if I could have because, you know, I, I get that, that Twitter could be a pretty byless place once you've, you've lost a game on football. And, you know, we were getting pelters for bottling it or whatever. Has it not been for Swanson, eh, for, sorry, for 
Brett Long and the the sitters that they missed, it could have been an absolute hammering. So I really want to call out Brett Long's performance because I don't think I've seen a better goalkeeping performance at this level for a very long time. I also want to add that I don't think in any way it was really negative that we lost that game. I don't think it was a case of let's sit back. We, we, did, we didn't we, lose the game. Sorry, that we didn't win the game. <laughs> it, well, it felt like it. But I think it, it was just exhausted human beings putting absolutely everything on the line to try and win it. And I, it was, I felt more for them than any, that was the overriding thing was how much they put into that game after obviously having the extra time on the Saturday was unbelievable. I thought it was absolutely tremendous. That kind of brings us then to the fact that obviously they're tired. They they gave up the, the late goals against Morton. They gave up the, the late goals against Thistle. I, I get the tiredness aspect, but we've got to talk about the, the squad management as well because it did kind of cost us in the cup tie. I felt it definitely cost us in this, but that's from looking in. So I don't know if that's just being unfair because we don't know what the players were feeling. Like, if you could have kept Smith on, Swanson on for the, the whole 90, then it might have been a different result, but they had nothing left in their tank. It, it's tough for us to know, looking in, how much these players have got left. Because we're thinking, oh, why, why is he taking him off? I, I was furious with the subs on Tuesday. I just thought they were absolutely terrible subs and it cost us the match. Um, just the whole tactical side of it and everything went out the window when those subs happened. But I mean, maybe it was needs must. That Darren said in his, his interview, I don't know if any of you caught it, that no. the, the players that we brought off, we had to bring off because they were exhausted or injured. Right. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no way they could have kept any of I mean, literally any of them. I wrote down the subs. I mean, Swan Smith was exhausted. Like, it, he, you can't have a guy who can hardly run because he's so knackered when you're needing to get out and try and hold the ball up. Wallace was done in. I, I just don't think we can criticise subs. I think there were players literally calling over with five minutes into the second half saying, I need to come off. I'm exhausted. And I just, that's that was always going to happen with these runner fixtures. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been ridiculous, Gordon, to, to expect these guys to be playing at a high level. And I know some teams are managing it. Some teams are obviously full-time. But, I mean, you've got other teams that seem to be coping a little bit better than us. We're, we're a fit bunch of guys. So I think this is just kind of telling you how tough it is. Also, playing on an artificial pitch takes a lot more out of you than playing on a grass pitch. Yeah, I mean, I'll say some, you know, there's a couple of full-time teams, but, you know, we played, is that us played Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Not every team's done that, because um, we obviously had the game. Yeah, we had those two to make up. The Clyde game and then the Dumbarton game were games in hand, so a lot of teams haven't done that. Like, Thistle didn't play two games in their midweek, so they're full-time. And, and, they, and they Thistle didn't are their day. Full time, exactly. Yeah, so I think you know, so far up to this point, us and Clyde have played more games than anybody. Um, you know, we that's us made up all our games, but I think it is as frustrating as Tuesday was. I think you know, you have to try and sort of remember that ah, they're going to be absolutely fucked. I mean, it's just going to be 
Um, you know, you can't rotate two different 11s every game. Some players are having to play consecutive games or come on for bits of games. And it is going to be an enormous toll. I mean, that that is properly ridiculous. I mean, you get sort of Premier League players complaining about having to play, uh, you know, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Yeah. But that's a, that's a different world completely at that level um, with fewer games. So, no, I, I'm not going to blame anybody for, you know, I think that's unavoidable. It was always going to happen. I, I did an interview this week with a, a guy that's just retired. He's a Canadian international and he'd played over in, in Europe for a, a number of years. But he started off as a part-time team. So he was talking about how he worked in a supermarket during the day and then went to play and train with the team. So he was talking about how difficult it was. And uh, when he became a pro, it was a, a luxury and he didn't take for granted the fact about how tough it was to be a part-time player. And I think that is something that we do we do need to remember in all of this. Normally at this stage of the season, a manager, he's got his kind of firm starting 11 and you kind of run them into the ground a little bit because, you know, these are the guys I want out there. These are the guys that's going to do it. Now, Dan Young's not had the luxury of that and it's mass changes, but I don't really think there's too many ways around that. But... I do think some of the, the guys had maybe merited places. Like, Aggie had played so many games. Did he need to really start the the games that he'd started? Could Fenton have started on Tuesday after the, the good display he had? So there's some decisions on, on that as well. I guess we'll get to the three two ones then. then for this. I'll start off because for some of the other games, I can't really pick a 3-2-1 because I haven't watched the, the whole game's so for me, three was Kevin Smith. I had Long as two for his performance. And I thought Swanson for one. Because I thought the first, I don't know, he played maybe 60 minutes. That was the Danny Swanson we've wanted. And we just can't get for whatever reasons. It's still, he's not up to the levels that we need. If we can get more of that out of him, in this run-in, hopefully into the playoffs, he could be the big difference maker for us. But that was the signs on Tuesday of what he can be for this team. So I've gone for Brett Long, like I've said already, three points. I think that it it could have been a number of folk for three. It could have been Smith. It could have been Wallace. It could have been Swanson. You're bang on about Swanson as well. I mean, even just at times when Pat was in trouble, him coming back in to collect the ball, bit of dig, taking the ball back, getting it up the park. You know, I actually feel bad I've not got Swanson in for a point in this game. Um, but I went for two for Kevin Smith. His goal, which again, we haven't spoke about, he took so, so well. Their defender, I was actually gutted that they brought him off at half-time because he was an absolute joy to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, t- he took his chance brilliantly well. Again, coming back in, retrieving ball, holding play, distribution, I thought, Smith was excellent. And one point, obviously, he's got to go to, to Ryan Wallace. Again, just being a pest, as as, as um, Gordon would say, here, there and everywhere. Does not deserve anything for that first half miss. Blasting over the bar. I almost, when I, when I was watching this game, which would have probably been like three or four in the morning for you, I almost sent you a message going, Ryan fucking Wallace, how can he not put that away? Anyway, maybe I'm angrier than I thought still about that game. Gordon, you're 3-2-1. Yeah, three for Kevin Smith. He was brilliant. He took his goal really well. I've gone two for Ryan Wallace. Um, did really well. 
to win and then scored the penalty. Um, <clears throat> gave one <clears throat> one point to Brett Long. I kind of, after hearing Lee's impassioned speech about how good he was, it made me feel bad about only giving him one, but he was absolutely excellent. Uh, and all the Braveheart music into the background of that, like what they did in the <laughs> video on YouTube. Uh, also feel bad about not giving Swanson anything because I thought he was excellent. He was, if anyone else was going to break in, it would have been him. But that's what I'm going for. It's the gloves, Doug. Uh, the gloves weren't on, but we'll come back to the gloves. Yeah. Uh, my For the second time in a row, I think, my 3-2-1 are the same as Gordon. Which is uh, which is unusual. Um, I also wanted to give mention to Ross Davidson, who I thought was fantastic in that holding role, that game that was probably his best game of the season. I was just about to say that was that was definitely one of his best performances of the season. He's he's we talked last week. He's been off it a little bit, and that that really brought him back on it. It's a, an interesting situation that we've got at the club that perhaps. You could argue that the position that is our strongest position is goalkeeper. We've got two solid goalkeepers. And I think we saw that in the Dumbarton game as well when Jordan Hart came in. Because, spoiler, um, he was my three points. From the brief highlights that I saw, because I this time around, after the, the farce of having to wait so long, I thought, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to look to see what the score was. Expecting us to have beat Dumbarton. Yeah. Uh, so I watched the highlights last night, but I watched Dumbarton's highlights. I, I want to say I liked their commentary team. I don't know what it was like for watching the whole game. It was it was a lovely, pleasant level, and it was it just it sounded nice. And I'm not criticizing. I'm not trying to have a go at, at Daniel here, but it was just it was it was pleasant listening, even no, though we were getting beat. <laughs> I agree, um, and I actually mentioned that I'm sure in the, the group chat that I, I felt that I love the fact that they'd done the research on the squad, how many times they played. Like this would have been the X amount of draws. Um, the the Scott Agnew loving on it though was was hilarious. Um, I didn't that, get that, much that, of that in the highlights. The line if we could off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I couldn't agree with you more. Out of all the, I think Cove. And probably Dumbarton have had the, the best commentary of, of what we've heard so far. I think they were, uh, the, the best thing about them was that they were obviously two massive Dumbarton fans for a team that's really needing that win. They were extremely impartial the whole time. They were never, they were never over the top, you know, uh, you know, if Dumbarton did anything or we, you know, we did anything bad. I, yeah, I thought they were very good and their volume level was excellent. I noticed uh, um I noticed on Pie and Bovril there's a thread going about rating the commentators and oh. sadly, sadly we are, I think we're bottom of that league. Uh, not not in my opinion, but uh, according to uh, the readers of Pie and Bovril. If we're, so, if we're below four for that'll be harsh. They don't have commentators. <laughs> Do you know what? We will come back to that. But that was that was one of my most enjoyable ones. I, I, oh. Do you know why I liked it today? But without commentating, is because you don't. We don't need. You don't need commentators. It almost feels like you're at the game more when you're just watching it. I quite enjoyed that today without commentary. I I, I do as well, but it means you have to pay more attention. 
which I, I'm quite bad for trying to multitask when I'm watching games. Like, as we record this, I'm watching Whitecaps beat Chicago 2-1 in a preseason friendly. But it is nice to sometimes hear something that you've maybe not been watching. You can quickly look up and just see what's going on. If there's no, if there's crowd there, you can kind of go with the crowd reaction. But if you were doing, if when you're doing that with the East Fife commentary, everything sounds so exciting, and you look up and you're like, "What?" Well, I, I actually discussed that with my brother today. We were talking about that because obviously Stephen says this thing about the audio. You know, we're doing for for those who are visually impaired. Yeah, a visually impaired person will think that every East Fife game had the potential to be fifteen all. <laughs> and the, and our waves of unbelievable attacks is in, is incredible. So it's yeah, it's quite funny. Anyway, I, that's, I, that's I, I just funny. picture a, a ton of guide dogs sitting with their paws over their ears when they've got the games on. But yeah, I, I, as I say, I think to, uh, the Dumbarton were great because they were impartial. It was pretty mellow, descriptive. It was everything you kind of wanted as a commentary team. I thought really. one of the commentators. Well, no, see, I like that as well. I I think. If you're, if the only place that it's available is with the home commentators, they need to be impartial, and that is genuinely what I do when I'm I'm doing a couple of games that I, I do for teams here because we know that the teams' families and everything are tuning in from elsewhere, so you you want to be impartial. You some a little bit biased every now and again, but if you're not impartial, you I don't think you're really doing the job. There's nothing worse than a there's nothing worse than an away team. Scoring an absolute worldy, oh. the commentator going, the commentator going, uh, and that's a goal for Party Thistle one all. So yeah. it's an absolute worldy. Tell tell the people it's a worldy. But, one of the yeah. Dumbarton commentators, though, I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with the Scottish band BMX Bandits. The the lead singer of that, Douglas, sounds just like one of the the commentators because he's from Bell's Hill. So it must be that kind of like soft lilt that that you've got. So yeah, he sounded just like him. Oh, I was going to say, like, a lot of people in Pine Bovril are saying the same thing about Dumbarton, that they have good commentators. I'm pretty sure the guy that does it is one of the sort of journalists for oh. the local journalist that covers Dumbarton sports things. So, Scott Engels, your yeah. time is coming. Got to get Scotty involved. So delve into the ins and outs, the highs and lows, mostly lows of that Dumbarton game very soon. But let's just kind of break things up a little bit. Let's have a little bit of music. I think this feels like a good time to bring you our selection for this month's Artist of the Month here at Glory Days of Gold, English band Bears Den. What song have you chosen to play this week, Lee? And we're going to go to the song again from their first album, um, Islands, which is called Elysium. Brother, do you believe in an afterlife Where our souls will both collide In some great Elysium Way up in the sky Free from our shackles, our chains, our mouths, our brains We'll open all the gates We will walk careless Straight into the light So enlightened 
London band Bears Den there from 2014 and their debut album Islands, that was a song called Elysium. Now Bears Den, although they are named after a place in Scotland, are from England. But let's just imagine for a minute that we're in the actual Bears Den in Scotland. Let's jump in the car, let's go 10 miles west along Great Western Road and we'll find ourselves at Dumbarton Football Club. I don't think many people really would have wanted to have found themselves at Dumbarton's ground after that game on Thursday night. Another away defeat. 2-1 loss to the Suns. Let's get into the game. now. As I say, I've only watched the highlights of this. And it's like you guys look like you, you want us to bin this. Jeez. Like, let's start early. Three minutes in. Unmarked header. Terrible defending. McGeever again, honestly, that guy haunts my dreams, man. Every time we play him, he seems to score against us. Um, and, you know, it's not often I call out the management team. It, it genuinely isn't because I, I like to think that, you know, that these guys know more about the subject than me. But oh, no. how can we leave him free yeah. again? Again. And I'm like... I should be uh, one of the first things to talk about. Make sure you mark up in the box and especially McGeever. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows the, the guy's ability in there. Like, he's, you know, probably one of the best defenders in the league, in my opinion, um, and has been for a number of years. Um, and, you know, they got the, the cross is coming in, and I actually seen the run. I mean, I'm seeing that for here. Brilliant header. And right 
in the off, you're on the back foot. The, the team selection for me was, you know, I looked at the the team selection and I, I, I just didn't fill me with confidence from the kickoff. Um, nine changes. Now, I, I get that, the, again, that we know the players are tired, but, you know, with the best will in the world, you rotate two or three. You know, we've got five subs that we can make across uh, five subs that you can make but it's got to be in three stages right yeah. so for for me anyway you, you want your nucleus of your players the best nucleus as you can and your backbones you know one of the, the main parts of it I just I can't actually begin to tell you how awful that game was to watch and across the years we have watched some garbage these five fans utter utter garbage that one would go in top five for me with ease and you could tell even 48 hours later I'm still livid that you know that I paid for that um, I, I actually got to about half past nine I put my phone on mute I just couldn't you know because obviously there's our social channels which I love you know the interaction yeah. with my fans are great um, I muted them because I, was like, I can't even actually begin to talk about this game anymore. I'd actually rather go five rounds with Freddy Krueger than watch that again. Well, I went back into our WhatsApp group after watching the highlights just to read what you guys were... were actually, no, it was after I saw the score. I was reading what you guys were saying. I saw your meltdown in, in the chat as the game was going on. And it's like... Now, I've only watched the highlights, Gordon my version from the 10-minute highlights was it seemed to be all Dumbarton in the first half and then neither team did anything in the second half, pretty much. At Dumbarton, I know they had the missed penalty and the goal and then we got the late goal. But that was pretty much all the highlights they showed for the second half. So it kind of made it feel like nothing went on in the second half. Well, thankfully, I didn't watch it and, and I did not even bother watching the highlights after <laughs> hearing how bad it was. Uh, so I nearly didn't. But I missed it. I nearly didn't until I saw that they were on YouTube and I was like, Ugh. it came up as a recommended because YouTube hates me, obviously. So I was like, oh, well, I may as well then. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go to Doug then since he suffered through the whole game. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm a bit like Lee. I, I, I felt like I was over that game until we started talking about it and the rage has come across me. I was like me with the official um, game. I thought I'd moved on, but I clearly haven't. I, I, I have to go to the first goal. Actually, I have to go to the very first 10 seconds. We were into the wind and we played this terrible, ridiculously paced back pass to the goalie. Yeah, that was on the highlights. And then we were back to the wall for, you know, five minutes and then they scored. The corner was a joke. Now, I know I've been very critical about our defending of corners and, you know, it's been hit back on by the management team, but I know they like to do zonal with X number of players, but you've got to change it with who you're playing. How on earth you cannot man-mark him is honestly beyond a joke. It, it, it was it was embarrassing. To let a guy who is an unbelievably good header of a ball and very dangerous have a free header in inside two minutes is mind-boggling. Absolutely incredible. So that was wash. <laughs> I mean, um, what what was the first half as one-sided for Dumbarton as the highlights made it out? Because we didn't seem to have anything in the highlights in that first half. We didn't have anything well, in the highlights, period. I don't even think we had that. Apart from the goal, we didn't have a shot on target. Oh, really? I was just about, I was just about to say, our, our only shot on target was the goal in the second minute injury time. 
Oh, wow. We, no, we, we were never in the game. We were lumping it up to Bomber Brown, who is not good enough to play at this level. Mm. We, Him and Spence didn't link up at all. Um, just nobody nobody got on the ball. I mean, it was, just, it was awful. Uh, the best bit of the game, and you can clearly hear it, and I, I meant to say it in our text, and I don't know if you noticed, Lee, Kevin Smith came on, and one of the first things he shouted was, stop sticking it on his fucking heed. He's massive. He, he, was talk- he was talking about us punting it to the guy Brown's head, but McGeever was marking him. And he literally <laughs> shouted, stop sticking it on his effing head. He's massive. That's managerial for me. It's like, that's what we need. It was bang on. It was bang on. It was... It, it was dreadful. The the next bit that was really annoying, you save the penalty and you think, right, here we go. Within a minute, it is calamitous defending in the score. I mean, that's... Was that within a minute? Oh, maybe oh. two minutes. It, it felt like a minute, but it, it was so boring. It was so boring that it wasn't worth knowing. It was, it was as bad. It was way worse than Montrose game. Two minutes, right? It was, it was way worse than Montrose game in terms of at least Montrose are a very good side and you could yeah. kind of go fair play. I was just going to say the changes, again, like we've talked about all the time, who knows? They might have been that might have been the fittest to live in we could have done. I don't know. But we were, mm. we were ter- there was almost no pass marks. Cole McKinnon, maybe. The highlights made it look like Jordan Hart was like a, a world class keeper with the saves that he was pulling out. I think the big disappointing thing for me is this was massive. I mean, it's massive for Dumbarton as well, but this was massive for us. This 100%. could have probably sealed a top five for us, I think, based on the result that we had today. Because you, you know you've got Dumbarton, you've got four for six points for that, where everyone else is playing each other, everyone's dropping points. It wouldn't have been an easy run-in, but I think we would have had a little bit of wiggle room and breathing space. But losing this now, Lee, means we've got no room for error. No, we, we need to win. Next week's massive. But going back on your, your point about how much a must-win game that was on Thursday, I tweeted it out before the game that it was our biggest game of the season. Um, and, you know, I, I still stand by that now. The, the, I think the extra time against Morton probably was the, the catalyst, the change for maybe the plans that the, the, the management team had for the week. Um, too many changes is what cost us that game um, on Saturday. You know, there was fans, you know, saying to me that even, and do you want to know what, I'll call them out because they said it on Twitter so everybody can see it anyway, but Scott Young said we would win that game with ease with the amount of changes we made. And I said, no, we won't. And I, and I said, we'll lose this game um, because it kind of, it was just blatantly obvious. And, and even from the the opening minutes, like Doug said, I just didn't have a good feeling. We shot, we, I mean, we had the, the same win that they guys had in the first half. We didn't utilise it. You know, Ross Forbes and Frizzle are cutting about like, you know, Prime Kaka and Messi just taking the absolute mick out of us. Um, so yeah, that game was a must win and, and we didn't win it and it wasn't good enough. That's a matter of fact. Glad, you know, Granted, we got the, the reaction that we needed and we got the win today, but still not good enough. Um, but our, our, the upcoming fixtures next week, massively important. So we've got Montrose v Partick next week and Falkirk v Cove. So we have to beat Peterhead. 
We have to beat them. They were at home, so that's a, a, a massive plus for us is that we're at home. But Peterhead have kind of been on the resurgence as well. They're putting some decent results together and playing well. We must win that game because that game means that when we play Airdrie the following week, it's winner takes all for that top five spot. Yeah, but it's away from home, which is very concerning, which was what I was going to just bring in Gordon just now as well. And, and Doug, if you want to chip in as well with this, this home and away form difference, it's its baffling now. The whole season, that one game at Clyde was an anomaly because Clyde are pish. But I, I don't know what it is. Is it the red strips? Because every time we seem to wear that, we seem absolute gash in it. But I don't know what it is. It can't be the pitch at Bayview because so many teams have these pitches now. So the, you're getting used to it. What do you put it down to? Why is the form so different away from home? There's no fans there to turn up the pressure. It is properly baffling because we, I mean, historically, we're not a team that, you know, there's been a lot of seasons where we've been better away. Um, I, I mean, I think I think we've got the best home record in the league. And I reckon before today, maybe we've gone above Forfar because they're so pish, but we've got a bit the worst. You know, our home form is championship form our away form is relegation form and you can see it in the performances you know like um you know we're talking about being disappointed in the part of the game but it was still a pretty good performance our performances away yeah. from home are terrible and most of the time we just get beat very deservedly you know, and, you know we've talked about this before how we're kind of up and down like one week we're like oh we're go you know we're getting into playoffs the other week we're looking at relegation and it's like after every away game you think oh, we're never getting the playoffs that's terrible after every home game, you look at us and you think, "No, that was that was really good." You know, I can see us. It's, I, I'm, it's properly bizarre. I, I just, you know, there's loads of reasons you can think of, but. Um, if you I, had I wonder, it, what would you put it down to, though? What, I, what think if, it, I think it now it's just totally psychological. Like mm -hmm. I think you know we started off winning our home games, losing our away games, and then now it's become this thing. And who did? Yeah, and it'll, it'll get in it'll get in the players' heads. I mean, I think that's a lot of, you know, a lot of like stuff like bogey teams and home away. I think a lot of it is just mental. You know, you you start to think, oh, away from home, we're going to struggle. But you know, and as a fan, you think that you look at an away game against Dumbarton, and you suddenly think, oh, you know, Dumbarton, I don't concede many goals, and we're probably going to lose this. But you look at home games against Peterhead or Partick, and you think, oh, I reckon we can take them, and. I reckon that's just got in the squad's head. I reckon the players are just thinking like that and now it's just become really difficult to kind of jump out of it. I wonder if it's... Um, I wonder if it's partly to do with it when we play at Bayview, most teams will play, will maybe sort of semi-sit in a little bit because generally teams, when they go away, will we tend to try and play sort of a counter-attacky thing away from home, but we tend to play long a bit more than... A lot of teams, I still think, which means that unless you've got a very, very good guy in the air or something up front to to do that, that one up front kind of thing, then it's very hard to do. And I think at home, we're able to get on that front foot straight away in most games. We did against Partick because I think teams will sit in a little bit, especially because we've got a good home record. So that they'll know coming to Bayview that that's, that's going to be a tough game. So they all try and do that counter-attacking thing. Um, and that's the only thing I can think it could possibly be because there's no... 
There's no real rhyme or reason. The only, I mean, the only other thing going back to the the lineup against Dumbarton, I think it just shows apart from our starting eleven, we're actually not very good. Like I think mm. a lot of these players that come in are very, very average. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I actually, I would, I know it's early doors, but I think a guy like Greg Spence is pretty average now at this level. Yeah, he's disappointed me so far. I know it's a very small sample size and he's maybe still... I'm assuming his training at Stenhouse Muir hasn't been as good as what our guys have been doing to get into fitness levels and stuff. But he's disappointed me. I, I, I personally think a lot of the away stuff is like what you're saying, Doug. I think it's tactical, but it's also mental now as well. But I think it's just t- tactically how we set up and how he wants us to play and hit on the counter and... When you're a team that's used to playing on the counter or a team that's used to pressing, as soon as you fall behind, it's hard to then flick that switch. And unfortunately, I've seen that here over the last couple of years. That If that's your your playing style and you fall behind, the other team then they just they control the game and then you're screwed because you can't get out of what you've been set up to play as. I don't but, think we've ever... We've, we've never even been behind at home this season. I don't think we've even been a goal down at any point. Trenent. Oh, yeah, Trenent, yeah. But that doesn't count Good as point. a top. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one that sticks in my head for some reason. Like, like, the 3-2-1. That's, two, the, front thing. That, that's mm. the front foot thing. It's, we're getting on the front foot and we're we're pressing teams so quickly at Bayview and you, it, you get that momentum. You start off well, you maybe get a goal and you're like, right, here we go, we're going to play well today. 3-2-1, uh, I'm going to be... Really quick with my three two one. Yeah, because I can't give one. Uh, Cole McKinnon three points, um, slightly above average. Two points. Jordan Hart get penalty save. One point. Yes, Danny Swanson's gloves made a comeback. Oh. Get in there. He's back on the board. Just going to mirror Doug three points for McKinnon, and I'm I'm not going to say he was slightly above average. I actually thought he had a very good game, and had, he, had the players around him been better. Um, he would have stood out like a sore thumb. That boy's going to be a player, and I genuinely believe he'll go far in the game. Um, his touches, his movement, his tracking back, I, I genuinely think that that boy's got a, a bang load of potential. Two points, Jordan Hart. You know, his penalty save was excellent. I thought that really he did quite well, um, and it's a little bit harsh that... Uh, At least sorry, just shutting his blind. I was just looking at it, it's like he's been sliced in half by a laser. Yeah, I'm sure that there's fans listening to this that'll probably like to do that. But um, yeah, John had two points, and I'm going to give one point to every fan that listened to that stream um, or watched that that game because for you having to pay twelve pound fifty your your hard earned cash to to watch that, and I'm going to quote someone that generally opinion doesn't sit too well with me, but utter wash. Right, we've been doom and gloom so far. But thankfully, we're playing the bottom side next, and we'll get to that shortly. But before that, let's lift the mood, Lee. Let's get another piece of music on the go. What have you got for us this time? We're going to go to one of our fans, Phil Charletta. PG Charletta has released his latest single, came out this week, sitting at number three just now in the Scottish chart. So well done to you, Phil. And here's his latest song, PG Charletta with Let Go. It's a game and you never know what's coming round the corner 
Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. As the girls come thick and fast, and you're steering yourself away from disaster. Oh no, oh no, oh no. You're thinking about where you're going next. You're freaking out, but you get there in the end. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Then it comes the point when you're ready to. Let go. Have you ever said fuck it? I know I don't care anymore. I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go. I'm packing bags and getting to fuck. Never looking back. I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go. Struggling to get out of bed and you're full of sickies. You've been on the sesh. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. You're giving it up at 50% and you're going through the motions when you're in. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Your heart and soul's not there anymore and you're dreaming of. Jacket at her. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. And then it comes the point when you're ready to let go. Have you ever said fuck it? I know I don't care anymore. I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go. Packing bags and getting to fuck, never looking back. I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go. Because you never know when you're gonna die. Stick your fingers up and get those cards to fucking creep by. Have you ever said fuck it? I know I don't care anymore. I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go. Packing bags and getting to fuck, never looking back. I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. Lego, 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 go, go, Lego. Friend of the show, PG Charletta there, with his latest single, Let Go. Great to see Phil doing so well with his songs, and yeah, let's support local music, support local football, go out. Buy your PG Charletta songs. Check them out on Spotify. Let's get them to number one. So I think it's maybe apt that that song was called Let Go. Because after dropping two points to Thistle, three points to Dumbarton, it was very much looking like East Fife were going to be letting go of a place in the top five in League One. 
their playoff promotion dreams fallen faster than a rock off the fourth bridge, which made Saturday's game against bottom-placed Forfar all the more important. It was a must-win. Simple as that. They had to get the three points. They did in the end. Wasn't always pretty at times. But let's just finish the show off by delving in to the last of the the three games we've got to talk about and what's been, frankly, a very, very busy week and a very, very busy period for, for the club. Now, I wasn't originally going to be doing the, the show today, but I was so angry after the Thistle game that I just wanted to make some comments known, so I thought I'll jump on and stuff. So I didn't actually get up to watch. Fickle fan. I, f- very fickle fan. I definitely am a very fickle fan. After those two performances... I was not getting up at 7am to watch what I thought was going to be more pish. But I did watch the last half hour. I seem to miss all the... Well, I missed all the goals. But I seem to miss everything. I missed a snowfall. Did I miss anything else? I got to see the tractor at the corner of the stadium. It's always always nice to make you think of Forfer. Tell tell me about the game. What what did I miss? I couldn't honestly tell you. The, 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 the camera picks a lot was absolutely dreadful. Um, I don't know about any of the other fans listening to this, but it's the first time that, apart from the Montrose game, which was pretty bad, but at least they had commentary. For I, I feel actually genuinely robbed in my money for for that game today. No commentary. Um, there was when the snow started falling, it was tracking the snow instead. So many times the camera lost the ball. Um, you know there was a red card in the game, which I completely missed. There was just yeah. Don't get me wrong. Nice win. Um, it took me to look at live score after the goals went in to realise who'd got the goals. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish I could tell you more about the game today, but it was too far away. I could barely even see it. I've got to say, at this level, if you're charging £12 for a stream, you have to have commentary. There's amateur teams here that have their stuff going on YouTube and they've got commentary on it. And that's free. You're not even like paying. If you're charging anyone that money, that's scandalous. I, I obviously get the overseas thing, so I, I got Stephen Mel and, and he's five TV, so I didn't know what you guys were, were going through to I was reading the chat. That's terrible, terrible stuff. You, you've got to have commentary at this level. Those or make, boys it, yeah, make it free. Over the fence at Dumbarton got a better view than what we did for 90 minutes today. It was dreadful. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I mean, the first, the most of the first ha- or first half hour or so was all right, wasn't it? I mean, it was you were able to follow the game pretty well, and then this when the snow started, it got pretty difficult. Um, oh, I, I, I never try and be too critical about these things. I mean, I know yeah, it's a bit amateur, but I mean, I wouldn't go down the route of trying to get money back or anything like that because all the clubs need the money, I think. But um, yeah, I, I mean, going on the game, I. Uh, I thought we were very good today. I mean, we, we weren't clinical enough, but we were, I mean, it, we, I know we say this quite often, but we could have scored six or seven goals. I mean, Kevin Smith had three great chances in the first 20 minutes. Hit the bar with one, keeper made a couple of very good saves. I, I, yeah, I just thought we were very good. And again, it's that first 11 kind of look about the team. I thought you had Agnew and Swanson coming short and pick up the ball a lot, who both I thought played pretty well. And just <laughs> the scoreline makes it a bit nervy, but if we if we dropped points there, it would have been an unbelievable travesty. Um, so no, I thought we were, I thought we were really good. 
It's just a shame we didn't win by more. I mean, what's your what's your take on it, Gordon? T- talk me through the first goal. First goal. Um, so I agree with Doug. I think first first half we were really good. Um, first goal, really nice strike by Ryan Wallace. Ball came in from the left. Don't know who from. He kind of had it. Um, I suppose he was kind of on the right and just low shot into the bottom left. Just really nice, really well taken. Um, a first half we were well on top. We were we were light years ahead of Forfa. Um, you know, I thought it was a, a a strong looking team. I liked the look of it before the game, and Forfa just really were not in in the game at all. Um, definitely could have been more more than a goal up. I think really um, it was just the snow. I think you know if it hadn't snowed, I think we would have just continued on and. I know it would have been a very, very routine and easy win. I think the snow kind of levelled things, and made it difficult for us to play. But um, yeah, fourth, fourth were terrible, and I think um, you know second half was just about digging in and making sure we got the three points because we needed them. If we didn't get the three points today, I would quite happily say we're you know that's the playoffs done. Um, yeah, but I think we just we just needed to dig in and. You know, we weren't going to get to play the kind of football we wanted, but we just need to get the win. So, no, it was good. Good today. So, from reading reading you guys chatting about the equaliser, I guess it was a bit of a fuck up, Lee. Why do we always do this in a game? And honestly, sometimes I wish that I was a cartoon so I could smash my face in with one of those giant mallets <laughs> every time we make a mistake. Because... Hey, I'm sure Rachel will happily do that. Oh, honestly, there's times I would let her... I, I, look, I couldn't tell who it was at the back, if it was Watson or Dunlop, because they were so far away and I didn't have my telescope. So, for, for whatever reason, I don't know if, if Long shouted that he has it or whatever, but he clears his lines there, no problem. But it was just calamitous, juvenile, high school, awful defending... If, if you've got somebody pressing you that close to it, just clear your lines. Put it out of the park. I don't even care if it goes for a throw and just get it out of there. You know, nine times out of ten, we're hoofing the ball at the park anyway. And the one time that we needed to do it, we didn't actually do it. But, you know, I was watching it with my dad and I'd said, look, you know, I, I don't actually feel like we're not going to get another chance in this game. Like, even when they equalised, it didn't actually put me up and down because we were that in control of it and they were absolutely garbage like I, I would honestly say between them and Clyde are the, definitely the two worst teams mm-hmm. that we've, we've seen this season and yeah and naturally the the chance came and we got back into the game pretty easily um, but yeah it was awful I, I'm going to have to check out the, the coverage from Forfer then because like the East Five TV coverage was the normal. It was quite close, so I'm I've got to kind of see, like what you guys were watching because that's got me quite intrigued now. I thought the Dumbarton stuff was quite far away. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the pixel issue. I think when it doesn't quite pick up the ball from the first minute, it just kind of goes with this like zoomed back. Oh yeah, because there was a few times where you only saw what happened by chance that that's where the camera happened to be and then suddenly the play comes into view so i think i mean the snow definitely didn't help but i think that's the problem with the pixel thing is if it doesn't quite pick up the ball uh, it's no chance it's literally like a a wee child is in charge of the camera and it's like 
Oh, a balloon! And it goes up in the air. No idea. Seagull. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, but the yeah, um, the set the second goal, the free kick from Ryan Wallace was superb, absolutely superb. And if I can just, I mean, I'm not a football coach, but I'm going to give Ryan Wallace a little bit of advice because he needs it. Oh, definitely. See when he's taking, see when he's taking direct free kicks and he's trying to bend it over. The, if he just hits it an inch lower, he'll score more. Because that's too. Uh, what I can't remember the game at home, but that one off the underside of the bar again. And oh, out. that I saw. That was Greenwich yeah, Morton. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, right. Yeah. So basically, that's what he needs to do. Just a little bit lower, and that's free advice. Or if he maybe cuts the studs off his boots or just wears trainers and be down at pitch level, that'll take him down maybe the inch or two that he needs. Could be. We're, we're, yeah. we're full of advice on this show, so ho- hopefully the guys listen to us, because I think if they do, we will clearly be in the playoffs. Fans only got more out of listening to us talking about the game than they would have watched it on that stream. I also think what was quite funny was I had a quick look on Pie and Bovril during the game, and the four for fans were moaning about their left back that got sent off. And for a guy who was on a booking, he made two ridiculous tackles in a row. And the first one, the ref obviously went, right, that's last chance. And then like 30 seconds later, he just takes whoever it was out. And you're like, and it was almost like he went, oh, well, and just walked off the line. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of knew that was coming. And his he's the guy that's called BJ Cole, which is the greatest named footballer since Miller Fenton or Fenton Miller. Jesus but, Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't give a three... Two, two, one for this. Oh, actually, before we get to the three, two, one, we did like the last couple of minutes got a little bit nervy, and like Higgy was losing it. He was like yelling at everyone around him for just making fuck ups and good. What he he went mad at Ryan Wallace because Wallace got the ball, and instead of just taking the corner, he played this ball into Watt, who then lost the ball, and I think he was basically going meta because obviously that's kind of what happened against Partick. And it's like just just game management, just see it out. Um, but he went, even after the whistle blew, nuts. he was still going on. Yeah, rightly so. Good on him. To be fair, I think that he's played pretty much every game. I think he's one of the only players to not be rotated. I think it's fifteen minutes he's missed, something like that. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so was he, was I want he, to shout him out for that because he has been an absolute stalwart for us. I, you know, I, I struggle to think, apart from giving away that occasional silly penalty, but, I mean, who hasn't in our team? He's been pretty consistently a seven to eight every game. That, that sort of player, that when you've got them at the back, and you want to walk Craig Watson as well to a degree, they two at the back are great, and I think Doug made the call last week or the week before, to keep Ross Dunlop out of the team, you've got to be doing a good job. Mm. Not sure I enjoyed Higgy at left-back today, though. He didn't play against um, Morton in the cup tie. Right. Oh, see, I do you know I thought I thought he was pretty good at left back because I, I think they were maybe envisaging that there'll be a lot of long balls, so it gives you extra height. Actually, I mean, defensively, he's always going to be a lot more solid than Slattery left back, and he was getting. I thought he did pretty well actually. Do you know? I've been I've been wondering about that position for a while. That Higgins, because you know he can play there, um, and when we've got a guy like Dunlop, who's a good centre half. I, I was I was quite happy to see that because I've been wondering that for a few weeks whether that's something that could have been looked into. I've got him on my three two one. Thought he was really good. 
Well, let's get to the three, two, one. Let's let's start with Gordon, because he's kind of hinted at his his three, two, one so far. Yep, three for Ryan Wallace. Uh, took his goal really well. Um, good free kick for the second. Just generally played well again. I've given the two to Kevin Smith. Um, got the second goal again. Just played well. And the one goes to Chris Higgins. Um, yes, Gordon, we've done it again. He was, I was, I was hoping. <laughs> Come to me next. Come to me next. Ah, uh, Doug. Um, I've actually gone for the exact same three-two-one as Gordon Henderson there. Me, like me, me, too. Me, me too. Me too. <laughs> three-two-one, friends. <laughs> you should get matching tattoos. Uh, y- yes, we'll do that. Okay. Well, I'll go next. Um, I've gone for three points for Ryan Wallace, which will be a shock to Well, yeah. yeah. That's just written in every week. Yeah. Um, Even when he misses goals in front of You're going to get Ryan next. Wallace's Bobby tattooed on you. <laughs> to be fair, um, he only got one point from me against Partick, so there. Oh, okay. Right. Lee actually yeah. tried to get Ryan Wallace's name tattooed on his own Bobby, but it just is our why at the moment. So. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I was be I was trying to be nice. I got it in bold, okay. Okay. Alphabetical <laughs> font. Um, so. yeah, you strike me more as a comic sans kind of a guy, funnily enough. But no, nah, it's windings. So I've just got <laughs> <to play. laughs> So anyway, Doug and I agreed that we we're going to try not to swear in this show, and we've just bottled it in the last minute. Um, so Ryan you've Wallace... been swearing from the start. <laughs> I, I just said Bobby. That was all. That's not bad. <laughs> Three points for Ryan Wallace, two points for King Kev, who, by the way, has come on a real game since then. Yeah. We got back, um, and it showed how much that we missed those two against Dumbarton. I think those two played on on a, a fully fit front two of those on, on Dumbarton. We did left for at least a point. I'm going to give one point to, to Danny Swanson for his first half performance. I thought it was great coming in deep for the ball, distribution again, really, really good. And we see the real Danny Swanson when he starts a game. Um, I think when we bring him on, it, I don't know if he doesn't get the momentum, um, but definitely thought he was he merited at least a point today. And to be fair, if any day he needed his gloves, it was today. Well, he put them on. I, I mean, I, I was I was very close to just giving him the one point just because he put them on. But uh, it would have been harsh on his actual performance because he was very good. So because he's creeping up the table, he's creeping up. Just like he's five. I, I won't go through all the results, but let's just say we're now fifth. 24 points. I said goal difference was potentially going to be vital here. And like we're tied with Montrose on 24 points. We're minus one. They're plus five. It's in our hands now. I think if, if we win the last two, we have to be top five. Yeah. The, the Airdrie game is Scares the life out of me, I've got to say. They're in sixth at the moment. They're a point behind us. They're at plus three goal difference. I won't necessarily come into it if we get the business done against Peterhead. But as Lee said, it's like a winner takes all then in that game at Airdrie on a Tuesday night. I don't know, maybe maybe we should do a live watch along. Who do, who do Airdrie play next week? Oh, let me check They they, they play Forfar before they play us. Oh, sure. yeah. Oh, fuck, so Peter Hayes, massive for us. Because then a a draw against the Airdrie should be enough to get us in the top five. But even, like, saying that, like, 
Yeah, I draw against Airdrie. I win against Peterhead and I draw against Airdrie. We're top five. But right now, Montrose are on 24, same as us. Partick's on 24, same as us. Their goal difference is plus eight. So again, that shows massive, Those that, that slip up on Tuesday. Cove still doing it, 28 in second. Three points behind Falkirk on 31. I've got to say, if it if it comes down to Cove and, and Falkirk for the title, I want Cove to do it. It's not good for us next season if Falkirk may still be in the league again. But I I just I like the fairy tale story. Stroke a guy spent a lot of money on the team, but it's a, it's a fairy tale. I think we actually we we talked about this the other day. Um, I I worry if we go into that last game and maybe have a terrible game and don't manage it. I think that's when you've got to start asking questions, maybe more of the squad than necessarily the management, because these we've had these pretty much the core squad for a while now, and there is that little, not bottling it, but it's not a million miles away from that. You know that that's you'd, fair. You have to start asking questions. I think if we if we no, don't get I I right. do as well, and I was actually going to pose that as a question to you guys. It's like if we don't make top five. I think some serious questions need to get asked and they do need to get asked about the management team as well because I know it's been tough, but it's been tough for everyone. But if we don't make top five and the likes of Montrose or Airdrie do, you've got to ask where it all went wrong because this was in our hands. And if we don't get the top five, we've we've blown it. It's, there's no other way of saying it. Well, I'll, I'll jump in first then. So if you think back to a couple of years ago when we were in the... Biscuit A Cup, um, and we had the yeah, you know, we were flying high in the league at that point. Fixture pile up, arse fell out of us, didn't happen. Then last year, before the, the COVID struck, we were top, top five pretty much, uh, or top four, sorry, all season. Then bottled our last game, or I don't, I don't like bottled, but lost it in the last game, fell outside of that. Is it psychological? Is it poor game management in games? I don't know. I think it's too early to call anything about the, the management team until we know what, what the case is. Obviously, Young's contract's up at the end of the season, and the only people that are going to know how they feel about it are the board. Now, we've spoken about it countless times on the show, where we say, are we being overambitious? Is it a pipe dream to, to go up? I think with the money that we've spent, you know, we're bringing boys like Danny Swanson, you know, Ryan Wallace will be on decent money. Um, you know, the, the money's probably more there than it has been in a long time for us to, to make the challenge. I think that there could be a, a tough decision for the, the board to make at the end of the year. Because... Well, when, when you're spending that money, Lee... It automatically yeah. puts the pressure on you. Yeah, look, uh, Dan and Tony, two of the nicest guys that you know we've met. I don't like to be overly critical um, in management. I, I really don't. But if we're in the position at the end of the season where we've not made the playoffs, it might give the board a decision to make that we go, right, we've got this squad here. You know, can we bring somebody else in? But the, the fundamental question is, who? Who betters us? Because 
there's not going to be, a, you know, there's some decent managers in our league. Ian McCall um, has, has been there, done it all. That wasn't meant to rhyme, but it did. Um, and he's, he's not exactly setting the heather on fire with, with Partick. We've got Jim Duffy, again, experienced manager, not really doing well with Dumbarton. So there's a lot of experience that aren't doing as good a job as what Darren's doing. So my, my only worry would be, and again, I love Kevin Smith, that we would maybe take the easy option and, and give it to him. Um, which I don't think is a good idea. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm going to take the splinters and sit on the fence. I, I still think that Dan and Tony are, are as good a management duo that you'll probably get in this, but I equally will understand the frustrations of the fans if at the end of the season we've not taken advantage of the games that we've had in hand and we've not, it's particularly if we don't win these next two games, the opportunity was there for us to take it and at what point does it become indefensible? The, the thing is, Gordon, like Doug makes a good point as well. It isn't just the management. It is as well the squad because there's going to be a lot of questions asked about a lot of guys in the squad and there's been guys here for a while and it's great to have that because you don't want to be chopping and changing constantly. But again, if they don't do it this year, I mean, I if they make the playoffs and fail in the playoffs, yeah, fair enough. We, we've had a go at it. But to, to not make playoffs is bad enough. To not make this top five split, I just think is like indefensible. And I know it's been tough with everything, but it was completely in our hands. But yeah, there's lots of questions to be asked about the players as well in this. Yeah, I think the big problem is that you know we've not been we've not been a bad team. We've not had a bad season in a long time. But every year we sort of we prove we're good enough. Um, and it was spot on the, the last two years. You know, last year, it wasn't just that we were top half or top four. We were genuinely challenging for the league. Mm-hmm. We, we know we're good enough. We, and we, we, every, we could be year. again this year. Like We could easily have been yeah. first, at, at second. Times, at times we've shown it, but every year you know, we've fallen short. And it does, you know, personally, it, make, it makes... And I, I agree, I... I I don't want to use the word bottling it. I don't. I don't think we're bottlers, but I think it comes to that point. It's like, well, you know, when you're nearing the finish line, when you can see it, it's a bit different. Um, you know, nerves come in, um, and do we have? You now, I always think back to like, you know, the Jim Muffet team from the early from 2002 and 2003 or whatever. And you look at that team, and you know, this team's a better team than that. You know, there's very few players from that 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 team who get in the team now. Kenny Duker, maybe maybe one or two others. But you look at that team and just you know, a team full of you know, like absolute characters. You know, didn't never knew when they were beat. Um as maybe as the squad we've got now, maybe not that there's a problem with anybody in it, but is are we just lacking that sort of core of guys who are who are allowed, who kind of, you know, you saw it with Higgins today and that, that was great, but are we missing that? You know, do we have too many quiet people, you mm. know, when the heads go down, their head just goes down. You know, you want somebody when the head goes down, you know, get everyone back up and, you know, you, you get beat, get it out of your system. We seem to go on these runs where, you know, we've been brilliant and then we lose a game or two and then we, you know, we don't win again in four or five and that's what's, kind of torpedoed the last couple of seasons and to me there is a question about that and it's not an easy one to fix um, I, I wouldn't be looking at 
uh, changing the manager this season, even if we fall a bit short. Um, maybe it's kind of making excuses, but I would, I would, you know, what's happened this season? Um, if, if we do just fall a wee bit short, I'd be tempted to say well, they're not doing a bad job. I'd be happy to go into next season. You know? That's a very but, good point, Gordon. Yeah. Um, that's, is a is a very, very, very good point. Um, and one of the things that I'd like to say is, is, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that I've seen on Twitter this week is we are in danger of going into the other playoffs. I, I don't actually fear that at all. And even if we did um, get towards that level, we've shown today we're a million times better than Forfa. I think across the board, our best 11 would hammer Dumbarton with confidence. I think our best 11 beats Clyde with confidence. And if we do slip into the the, the, the 6 to 10 club, then we finish 6th. And I would say that we would do that quite easily. I can't believe anyone thinks that we're going to get relegated. It's like that. There's way worse teams than us in, in the division. It, it, that's even ridiculous. Financially, if we don't make the top five and we've got games coming up against these shit teams, I don't see the club selling many streams. My appetite for getting up at 7 a.m. to watch these games is going to be nil. I'll tell you that now. But I, I, I'm going to I'm going to flip this totally on its head. <laughs> Where's the divine right that we... I mean, I, I would be very disappointed if we don't get playoffs, obviously. Where's the divine right that we should be there? So let's look at this league. Falkirk, yeah. garn, Falkirk guaranteed top four. Park Thistle should have been guaranteed top four. Two big full-time clubs. Cove Rangers, the money they're spending, should be guaranteed top four. And Airdrie would be pretty close to being maybe not guaranteed. So, right, there's four. There's only one spot left in this sort of top five thing. We know Montrose are an excellent side, but probably the best manager in the league. So where should we be? I mean, I would be very disappointed if we finished sixth, don't get me wrong, but I don't think, this isn't a weak league. I mean, those no. teams above us, all all those teams above us before the start of the season would think they'll finish above these five. Well, we did say fourth or fifth, I think, was the general consensus. Like, you're hoping to be challenging for that last playoff spot. And just we're still in there. We're still doing it. So we're Absolutely, probably... but it, but it's tight. I mean, that, that, there's a definite gulf. The bottom three are garbage. Yeah. And there's there, there's been shown. And I think Peterhead are the next, I mean, the next sort of weakest team. And then it's pretty much as it should be. I mean, I, I'd like to think we will get into the top five or, you know, or the playoffs, but there's no divine right to do it. And we're not. We're not a million miles away. We've just had a crap run of games away from home, which has cost us. But oh, it's difficult because people will automatically moan. Uh, Lee's bang on about the managerial thing. Who do you get? I mean, it's not. There's no magic wand. Some guy's not going to come in with the same squad, and we're going to win the league by ten points next year. No, they need to. They need to freshen the squad up, and it's like we need to maybe the look Kevin, at our recruitment. Smith, yeah, the Kevin Smith thing would scare the crap out of me, and I love Kevin Smith. Absolutely love Kevin Smith, but he, this whole like first time manager thing—it's not. It's that's complete hit or miss, and that's a dangerous road to go down. I think we've got an up and coming manager who is still gets talked about for other jobs. It's just so dangerous to go down that route, and I think I think it would be a small clear out of the core of players because if you're looking at that and thinking that they're you know not cutting it, then then it's got to be that as opposed to. Anything else? I don't know. Doug, I'm going to ask you a question, mate. Um, and I'll put it to all you and we'll, we'll round that off for the show. Look at our squad. Got, got need. So, 
to tie in with obviously your band, we've got a few players that are on a, a, a couple of year contract. I think Aggie's got a couple of, a year left. Swanson will have a year left. Wallace has just signed an extension. Dunsey's got a year left, I think. So there's going to be a few of them, but who would you insist on keeping? If we said five players, so that we're not here all day, five players you have to keep, who would be your five? Oh, God. On the spot, right? Let me think. Uh, I'm just writing mine down. Uh, I, I, I could tell you mine off the top of my head. Um, okay. So I would go for Brett Long. I think he's probably one of the best keepers in the league. Higgy for another season. Craig Watson. Um, I'd keep him. Um, Ryan Wallace. Obviously, that just goes without saying. And Stuart Murdoch. Everybody else, I would be... Like, for example, Kev Smith. You know, as a as a player, I absolutely love. Great. Um, a year ago, I'd have put my money on us saying Dunsmore and Agnew, but they've not shown up for us this season, really. Um, everybody else, um, you know, Ross Dunlop, a player that I really like. Um, Slattery, a, a player that I like, but I wouldn't be dev- devastated to see him go. Danny Swanson, a player that if we could get him into the team and playing every week, is excellent. Liam Newton, obviously, but I think that um, he's just signed an extension anyway. But they, those would be the five for me that I would be like, right, okay, we need to keep them to, to make a serious charge next season. Yeah, I actually had Newton down as one of my five because he's the kind of guy you want to build the team around. And like, get for these young guys to succeed, they need the best supporting cast around them. And it's like, I would look at some of our young talent and say, look, this is our future for the next couple of years. What do they need to bring their game to the next level and then put the supporting pieces round about them? But apart from that, I pretty much agreed with you. I had Long, Higgy, Wallace, Murdoch. That was the first four that I wrote down. I've got pretty much the same. I think I put Long, Murdoch, Higgins, Wallace and Smith. Um, I think there's there's a lot of players beyond that that I'd keep. Oh yeah, but if I if I you know I, I wouldn't be making wholesale changes at all really. I think it would be smaller ones, and I, I think um, players coming in are maybe the more important. Um, you know, I think this before this season, I wouldn't have said midfield was a problem. Um, no, but it's kind of it showed I up the now, last few games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've talked about left back before. It's an obvious one, you know. Um, if we could get a left-footed version of Stuart Murdoch, that would be fantastic. Oh, yep. Um, and I think, you know, I, even just watching Cove, and I don't think he had the greatest game in the world, but, you know, I was watching Fraser Fivey in midfield. And I know they've got him because they're giving, you know, they're giving him a big sack of money and he's probably too good for this level. Um, but a player like that that can just sort of, you know, take a game by the scruff of the neck a wee bit. Even somebody like, um, you know, looking like a, you know, a Johnny Allison or a Craig Farnan or you know, a player like that that's just, you know, maybe not Dan the Smith. best player in the world, but Dan Smith. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I think those two, um, you know, you'd, you'd be looking at bringing in a kind of centre forward as well. But yeah. I think we'll, we'll score goals. You look at us this season, we'll get goals. You know, bringing in two players like that um, would be big, would be massive for us. I think that would just kind of push us over that line, really. Doug? Um, yeah, to be honest, pretty much the same. I mean, Brett Long, yeah, 
long or hard, they're both decent. So I don't think it would be an absolute disaster if one of them went. Um, yeah, Higgins, I think, is key. More as, maybe more as a sort of leader, potentially, on mm-hmm. the part. Um, Wallace and Smith, for me. It's so the midfield, yeah, you're right. Centre midfield's been a problem. I mean, Agnew, you know, even just listening to the guy at the Dumbarton thing, we know how good a player he's been. I mean, unbelievable. I still think Agnew's problem is, even things aren't going well, he still always wants to come and get the ball. And then if he's not playing well, you notice him giving it away more. And I think that's a lot to do with the hunger he's got to try and get things moving. He's just he's, he's not been great this season, but I still think he's got a role to play. He actually could have a very big role for Lee Newton in terms of a sort of mentoring or whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's the it's like we've shown the last few weeks. It's the players underneath that sort of first eleven. I think Dunsmore's been Dunsmore's been off the ball for a while. I think him Slattery could probably go, um, and probably one or two others. But it, it, I think our our thing this year was we had our growth was the blueprint, right? So two years ago you had that team who were building and you go, right, let's keep pretty much the whole team and we'll go again like our both did who then won the league. And it's just not quite worked. And I think it's because the depth just isn't great. So I think I think freshness is key. New players coming in makes such a big difference to the whole team and gives them a new sort of lease of life. So we will need to make some, probably some quite difficult decisions for fans as well. Like a Dunsmore yeah. and Slattery especially would be yeah, would that would be a difficult one for fans? I think it's, but you know, it wouldn't sit well with me like slightly going. But it's like an Agnew as well. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, if, if I know Aggie's got another year in his contract. I I will go on a limb now and say I will be absolutely shocked if he's not at Darvel next season. I mean, like listening to us talk, just to to finish this off, like Young gets a lot of criticism for relying on the same guys and not changing the team up. We've talked that maybe the depth's not there, and maybe this is why he's had to do that. That he just doesn't have that faith in the guys outside the top eleven to thirteen guys. So that's why he's been relying on the same guys so much. I think as as fans as well, you, you know, you always have a reaction to things. So I, I remember it's one thing I remember. It was a podcast some ages ago, and we were sort of saying, "Oh, Agnew hadn't played well. Should should he get benched for Aidan McLaughlin?" And I think I was like, yeah, yeah, should I, you know, should bring him in. But, you know, you listen to it the day later and you're like, that's a wild, that's an absolutely <laughs> wild shout. Um, yeah, we shouldn't do this right after the games. <laughs> but, uh, you do, you think, but, but you look at you look at how key, like we're saying, like a Wallace Smith is, and you, you go underneath that, and no offence, like I was saying earlier about the guy Brown, they're just not good enough. No. And that's, a, you know, we, we can keep banging on about certain players, they're not good enough. Yeah, there's and a reason they've been playing that. at the level that they're playing at. We took a punt on the guy Brown, and it's it's not worked. And there's we just needed bodies. We know that, but eventually you have to go. If there's guys that are consistently just all right, then you need to get rid of them. You do because you'll never improve otherwise. Right. Let's just finish this off. How confident are you of beating Peter Head? How confident are you that we're top five? I'll start. Um, I think we'll beat Peterhead. Um, we're at home. I think that the boys will have had a week of rest. We'll be up for it. 2-1 win. 
Top five, I'm going to say it's going to go um, to a draw against Airdrie um, or maybe a slight defeat, and I think we'll miss it. I've said it all along, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. Gordon? I'm confident we'll beat Peterhead. Um, like Lee says, is at home. We've been good at home. I think them getting pumped by Partick today has basically put them out of it. So we've got something to play for. So it all comes down to the Airdrie game. Assuming that something ridiculous doesn't happen, like Airdrie getting beat by four or whatever. Um, I've got to say I'm not confident. I, that I've, I've seen that game being the last one for a wee while and thought, if we need to go and get someone for that game, I, I'm not confident. Um, I think we'll beat Peter Ed and get beat by Airdrie and, and miss out on top five. Doug? Oh, remember I put my own elsewhere in the league. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous, eh? um, I, that was for next season, though. Yeah, I find it very hard to disagree. I'm going to go. I think I think we'll put on a wee show next week. I think we'll beat Peterhead comfortably. 3-1. And... Oh, bugger. You know, we're due a change, right? We're going we're gonna to get the draw or whatever we need against Airdrie and we'll sneak into the top five. And then it will be exciting for the last few weeks. I, I think we'll beat Peterhead quite comfortably as well. I just see us losing 2-1 against Airdrie, but that might not necessarily be... the. It might not put us out because we, there's three teams now in 24 points. If one of the others slip up, we've still got that. I That's me grasping at straws because I don't think we're going to do it, but I think we will lose against Airdrie. But that might not necessarily be the thing that that ends it for us if the other teams slip up over their next two games. But that is it. But before we go any further, the, um, I've got a, a notification thing um, if the club posts anything. Um, and for those of our listeners that know I'm Ian Cook, the club volunteers passed away today. Um, oh, no. So just like to, to extend our, our thoughts with, with Ian's family, um, obviously a lifelong East Fife fan and a familiar face around Bayview. So obviously like to dedicate this episode and yeah, um, rest in peace, Ian. I, that's sad. I, I remember Ian from back in the day. Sad, sad way to end the show. I think we'll maybe just end it on that. Rest in peace, Ian. Take care, everyone else. We'll be back soon. And more on the fight. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.